and welcome back to the Adventures of Steffers podcast. We've made it to episode 46, four away from my goal of 50 episodes. I know, I know, I'm almost at 50, which is super exciting. Hopefully I can hit that by the end of the year, which I should be able to, but gonna have to get some guests on the docket here because I'm a little crunched for time. But as you can see, well, if you're on YouTube, Welcome. Hello. Uh, as you can see, I have a beautiful, beautiful guest that you might have heard her before, but now you can see her. It's Angela Dahlgren. Welcome back. Hello. To the show. Thanks many, for having me. Many episodes have passed since I have seen you. Honestly, I, I think our last episode was the Wizarding World episode. Maybe. Yeah. Or oh, which it was imposter been... syndrome. No, that would have been March is when I went. So we probably did that in like april-ish end of march it's been a while yeah and then the sad news if you're listening to this on drop day we recorded this like two weeks in advance but Mm -hmm. robbie coltrane r.i.p that i cried i mean it was like a week full of crying for me and then (laughs) i cried extra because not only was it just sad in general but then you think back to like the 20th 20th anniversary oh. reunion scene and if you know you know oh my gosh the tributes that everyone was posting I was like I need to stop going on the internet today did you see uh what thrill geek posted when they did like the wand tribute at universal dude everyone was there I mean oh clearly not gosh. everyone because I was not there but... I mean I wasn't either but gosh oh, that was I mean oh, I'm so sad 72 that's not old well, and then I read in an article, he was like, I don't want, I guess he told whoever he told, like, I don't want the world to be sad, but like, yeah, too late. Like, uh, yeah, it was like, cel- it was essentially like a celebrate my life, like, I, and all the things I've contributed to the world type of thing. That wasn't the direct quote, so don't uh, come at me for that. But he was just very much like, don't take this as like a sad moment, like, I've done, you know, what I've You don't to get to decide that, Robbie. You have a lot of our childhoods and lives, okay? That's what I'm saying. Like, that just, gosh, that was, it was a it's sad, hard. sad day for the Potter nerds. But that kind of ties into what we will be getting to talk mm-hmm. about today. But that's not what we're starting with. I need an update on Angela's life because, oh gosh, so like, many things. world traveler, which we'll get into, but, like, mm-hmm. also sick- also, like, I just, I don't know where you're at in your journey of life. So I need, I need that update. Um, most recently I, um, I went to the Chainsmokers concert last night. And oh, I know you were a fan if I'm being honest with you. So, um, kind of hit this point where I realized had this epiphany posted about it on Twitter, which I am never on Twitter anymore or just social media in general. I don't know. It's a thing. Um, I've had this epiphany where fun is no longer staying up late. Fun for me is now going to bed at 8.30 and listening to like podcasts and watching my my random, you know, people I subscribe to on YouTube in my bed, in my little cozy cozies. So That's a vibe. <laughs> I went I went to the Chainsmokers concert with my husband last night and and a couple of friends. And first of all, you know. Props to chain smokers. Their demographic is very, very wide. They had people from, you know, under the age of 21, all the way to people in their 50s and 60s there. So they had a lot, like a very wide them. range. Um, I forgot how concerts work 
apparently. So 9 p.m., first act goes on, goes for an hour. 10 p.m., second act goes on, goes for an hour. Oh, they have two acts? Okay. 11 p.m., I'm like, yes, okay, Chainsmokers, it's time. I get on my phone so I can film, like, their opener. No, it's the third act. Oh. Which plays for an hour. And at that point, I start getting crabby because in my brain, which I don't know why I thought this, I thought, okay, this whole thing is going to be wrapped up by midnight. You know, I can turn into a pumpkin. I can go home. I can go to bed, sleep in a little bit. It's going to be fine. No. So the third act goes at 11 till midnight. And by then I'm completely checked out. I'm like, I want to go home. I'm falling asleep. I'm an old lady. And I don't want to ruin it for Michael because he loves this kind of thing. He's very much an EDM genre person. So I kind of just like remove myself from the situation and go sit down and people watch. And there are a lot of people to watch dressed in all kinds of things. There's a lot of different smells in the air. Um, It was an experience. It was great for people watching. Um, I don't. I mean, maybe I also haven't been to a concert. I think the last concert I saw was the Jonas Brothers uh, before, you know, the the fire of the world happened. Yeah. I was pretty sure the concert was done by 11. Uh, Yeah. It's at like seven, maybe. And then you got it a couple acts and then the the Jonas Brothers was on and that was it. No? Is that my wrong? Right. Right. I mean. Maybe EDM is different now. Last Last week, we went to see the comedian Bill Burr, and the opening act gets 10 minutes, and then Bill Burr comes on. And that seems to be pretty standard for comedians, and I guess maybe I just haven't gone to a real concert in Uh, a long time. Maybe the concert I went to before this was Demi Lovato and Nick Jonas. Yo, Demi Lovato, though. I've seen Demi Lovato in concert. It's what a time. But like (laughs) they had like one opener, and it was the guy, oh, gosh. I saw Demi when and Fifth Harmony opened for no Little Mix opened for her. It was it was the it was that tour before her Nick Jonas tour, I think. I wanted to go to the one after and I didn't. Tell me you love me tour or whatever that was. Yes, I wanted to do that one really bad, but I didn't. Um. Anyway, so (laughs) it's midnight. Still like. Want to go? I don't even care about the chain smokers anymore. 80 bucks a ticket. Do not care. I'm, I want to go home, go to bed. They don't come on till 1230, which if you're a concert person, you're like, deal with it. I'm not a concert person. And like right now, like I live in the Twin Cities. Downtown Minneapolis is not great. The mayor has a plan in place to kind of you make things a little safer, but I don't feel super safe there. I'm very much a suburbs girl. Um mm-hmm. So I was already having major anxiety. Uh, yeah, just just not not good. I get high anxiety when it comes to situations like that. Uh, we stayed, though, till one because they were going to play till two. And I just knew, no, no, I can't. I, can't. I just can't. Um, but to be fair, Smokers put on a great show for those 30 minutes that I stayed and watched them. They were incredible. But I am so crabby this morning. I'm so crabby. Oh. I don't, I tired Angela just, I just don't do well at all. You look great though. Thank you. You saw me put on concealer before we started recording. So that helped a whole lot. And I changed up my skincare. So my skin's a lot better. 
Wow, we love that. I uh, got gifted some skincare products by my friend and uh, I'm feeling like a new woman, mostly because I was too lazy to buy like the stuff that I usually use. I just, it wasn't a thing. She was like, here, try this. And I said, okay, thanks. So that's what we're rolling with right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. TikTok has definitely helped my skin a lot. Thank you, TikTok. Um, TikTok. But seems to be really screwing with creators. TikTok, what a... Kind of what over a that ride one. I sorry Gimli just walked in and he is playing with his toy by himself on this new beanbag chair I bought best $200 <laughs> I've ever spent and it's not oh. like a normal beanbag it's like a bed beanbag chair is it like the love sack it's the big joe xl beanbag chair and it's like my reading nook like it's supposed to act like my reading nook little space uh Mm. so that's what i got going and he's just staring at me now i'm gonna stop looking at him because he's getting a little self-conscious do you have blueprints of the falcon behind you yeah and the DeLorean. i got that at leaky con i love it yeah that this stitch and angel Mulan collab is actually supposed to go on my gallery wall that's to the right that nobody can see but it fell and I haven't had a chance to um uh what's called command strip it to the mat that I have it so it's just chilling in the back right now I added some new books to my shelves I've been a real big reader lately I read four books last weekend this weekend I'm trying to at least finish one because my Libby app like there's no way I'm finishing Game of Thrones this weekend, but I started mm-hmm. the Game of Thrones book because I'm not into the show. I haven't delved Me into either. that world, but mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, my friend recommended it. I'm like, okay, I'll read it. It's so dense that I'm like, this is going to take me longer than yeah. like a normal weekend read. Um, But I do have some new books. Some are like, you know, the typical romancy chiclet kind of situation. I do have like a... I have two nuts. Are they self-help? I don't know. One is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And the other one is called Quiet that I'm mm-hmm. reading. So we're, we're a mixed bag here uh, on, on I, this show. I am. I have been a diehard Audible slash Libby. Oh, Libby. Okay. I'm an Audible. I'm an audiobook person. I can't. Mainly because um, A, I can't sit still. And B, I don't have time to sit down and read. So if I'm running errands, shopping, doing chores. I just don't, I can't comprehend it when someone's telling it to me. Like I'm Mm. a, I I learn by doing to begin with. So like I have to like comprehend by reading. It's your learning style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's an acquired taste, but I've, I've been digging it. It's helped. It definitely, I can tell it's helped with like my sleep it helps me I don't know if other people get this and I'm honestly kind of curious now that I'm about to say it but like when you're reading a book or I guess in your case when you're listening to a book and like there isn't a movie like like remove that or maybe they're making it into a movie whatever Mm -hmm. so then you like it really helps your creative thinking your visualization like gets your imagination going and I, I very much like that I can create that world in my head Yes. And I, because I play video games. So like the, there are plenty of worlds that are open and created to me. Like we go to the theme parks and there are different like sections and stuff like that. So I think that reading is such a great like 
teaser tester to kind of just see how words come to life I know that that's so cliche but literally seeing words come to life in your brain and kind of just picturing it and then when you talk to somebody else about that book and you're just like oh you saw it this way I saw it this way I don't know Dylan Sprouse as a bad boy we'll see how that goes that's all I gotta say about that no I completely agree and then when you watch the movie it's why people either like the books or the movies I feel like Typically there's the those books. two types of people I prefer the books yeah by far because I like having created that own little world in my head and I also think that movies you're limited to like the two two and a half hours if you're Marvel like three hours <laughs> like you're limited <laughs> to that time slot with books like you can make your a thousand page book you bet your butt I'm gonna read it <laughs> unless you're Peter Jackson and then you're yeah, just well. like I'm going balls deep into this we're gonna do like an eight hour movie uh yeah well there's there's that that's honest okay that's not even why we're here it's not what we're yeah, talking first about. of all it's about me this episode <laughs> I just there, there were plenty of tangents that I knew were gonna happen and that was just us checking in with each other yeah. love that but you just went just what was it it's been a week or two yeah. now uh you just went on a trip across the pond did before me and saw things before mm-hmm. me and i'm just envious and jealous and all the things but i really I wanted mean, technically to... severus is like 12 years before you because i did study abroad over there that's you're really digging the knife in a little bit but that's like fine twist twist yeah. yeah no it's fine but uh you saw a lot of things and yeah. i want to hear a little recap of your trip because <clears throat> my goal one day is to go there it probably won't happen anytime soon. You know, you'd be surprised, Steffers, because um, it's way more accessible than you would think, especially since Disney hiked up their prices again. I think it was ooh, Jeff, Jeff Gordon. No, not Jeff Gordon. Gordon. I, I only know him by his food username Jeff, on Twitter and Instagram. Jeff, is it Jeff Gordon? I don't know what you're trying to say. I, okay. Oh, God, I believe I you. Anyway, I'll look it up for you. Continue. You guys know who I'm talking about. He's big in the Disney community. I love him. He's a great guy. Um, he posted on Twitter recently, I believe it was him, that at this point with Disney raising their prices, it's just as affordable, if not more so, to just go to Disneyland Paris for four to five days. Um, you know, for the Disney community, we're, we're well, I, I wouldn't say I'm in this category anymore, but you know, you're diehard Disney fans, but they're just outpricing so many people. It really is more affordable to go overseas at this point. Well, the only reason why I say it won't probably happen soon for me is that I find my biggest roadblock is Gimli. And I mean that in like a not oh, any sure. like negative, like I love my dog, but his, no, social, I mean, his anxiety is very, very bad. I mean, uh, I, I have kids to consider. I totally get it. Yeah. So we'll see maybe because he's he's nearing four when what year are we in he's nearing three and then he'll be four in a couple years so um I think that that's usually the turning point for most dogs in terms of like calming down and like not like we'll see like I'm hoping it's before you know we have to wait out Gimli's life um Mm -hmm. Because, like, we can take little trips. Like, my mom watched him on our last trip, and he was fine. But that was only for, like, three, four days. So, I don't – I just want to go – I just want to use the passport that I waited in a very long line during a pandemic to, to get. Okay. So, quick question. Yeah. 
am I able to share my screen and by extension share pictures for your uh, YouTube? Yeah, let me. Okay, so Zoom does this thing. So a peek behind the curtain. I use Zoom for work, but also like I use it to record this podcast in most cases. And it just, why doesn't it just let you share your screen? Just just let it a default let people share their screen. It but kind yes. of looks like I can share my screen. Oh, you can. I I set okay. it up now, but I had to like make a setting so that it enabled you to do so. And I'm just like, Zoom, come on. But what I'm going to do, this is going to be the first tester episode for this because the other ones I recorded on a different platform. But the overlay that ha- that you have seen, if you're on YouTube, hi, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. Um, I'm going to try to take our video and put it into the overlay that I have while I'm editing. And I have never done that. So you're going to be a great little tester episode. Okay. So I love it. But yes, you can share your screen. Okay. Um, I have my shared album. Love that my pictures have not uploaded to my computer yet. But, you know, we'll see. I have a but lot of It's talking. only been a week or two. You know, it just got home, you know, at the beginning of the month. (laughs) We'll see. We'll give it time. Um, I, you were mentioning your passport. We got global entry, which, which is just, you know, the international uh, TSA TSA pre-check. What's really nice about it is when you're going into the country, back, back to the U.S., going through, you know, customs is a breeze. You scan your face and you're done. So if you're someone who thinks that you'll be going out of the country in, you know, the next four, the next five years, in the next five years, maybe once or twice, definitely just upgrading at the global entry. If you're getting pre-check anyway, it's not, I already have more. it. Perfect. Uh, this well, is I already have pre-check, then. but like, I, do I have to go there to upgrade though? I feel like, uh, I don't know how it works if you've I'm already interested. gotten pre-check. But uh, we were getting pre-check anyway, and it wasn't that much more to add on global entry. And just coming back into the States, it's so much easier, so much faster. You, It took seconds to get through customs coming into, we were, we were coming into Newark, which um, kind of plays into the story. So uh, yeah, we will, we will get there. Yeah. You had a whirlwind of a travel experience. It was. It was an amazing trip, but it was a freaking mess <laughs> getting there and getting home. Just oh, did you have the mess. same issues going home too? Uh okay, I'll let's start see. at the beginning. Very beginning. Yes. Okay. So um I uh I had heard about Scott's cheap flights from um a person in the Disney community. And what it is, is it's a subscription service. You pay $40 for the whole year and you set up however many uh, locations that you want to leave from. So we have Minneapolis, Chicago, and then maybe somewhere else that you want the flights to leave, go in and out of. And every so often, every day, every week, whatever, they will send you super, super cheap flights that you know, are coming in and out of these airports, $350 round trip, you know, to Ireland, $400 to Tokyo round trip. And we knew that we wanted to go back to the UK because I studied abroad there 12 years ago. Michael visited me at the time and we knew around our 10 year anniversary, we wanted to go back. 
and our 10 year anniversary was last year, you know, because of COVID we couldn't go, but it ended up working out because we found these, uh, flights through Scott's cheap flights out of Manchester for $500 each round trip. And, uh, they had a layover in Portugal, which is great because that was somewhere else we wanted to go. We chose to extend our layover in Portugal on the way back. So we could spend about 30 hours there and see a little bit of Lisbon. And so we kind of just planned a trip around it. Why Manchester? Because one of my best friends lives there with her husband. And so we could spend some time with them and it would all work out. As we got closer to the trip, my friend and her husband ended up moving to Cambridge. So it was a little, it made things a little trickier, but you know, it was still fine. So we fly from Minneapolis to Chicago and I noticed like I, I wasn't super hungry. I kind of had an upset stomach and I kind of had allergies, which can sometimes trigger a migraine. It's like kind of felt achy, but I was like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Like I, I have chronic migraines anyway, for those of you who don't know, like at one point I was getting 17 a month. So it's just like kind of a thing. Um, but I, I was fine on the trip to Chicago. And so then we get on the flight from Chicago to Lisbon. And again, I kind of had a headache, but I figured, well, if I just sleep on the plane, I think I took like a, like a, like a sleeping med. Cause I didn't want to be bothered. I'm like, I just want to sleep on the plane. Took like half of a, half of a sleeping kind of thing. Um, and then I'll wake up and be re be refreshed for the plane to, uh, Manchester. I'm doing the thing right now where I start to listen to myself talk as I tell the story. And then I get in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound so dumb. Okay. Time to regroup people. Question. What? I just like for a second, these Scott's cheap flights, because this is really harping on me. Go on. Are these like legit? Like what airline are we flying? This one was through Air Portugal because, you know, we were going to Portugal. Uh, but for example, like what kind of seats are we getting? Like, are we comfy? Like what's the vibe or are we flying spirit or frontier? Is that what, like, it, it, it varies. It honestly gotcha. varies. Uh, they send you different airlines. Okay. So they yeah. give you like a whole spiel and then right. you can kind of pick and shoot. Okay. Well, like this deal to Manchester happened to be through air Portugal. Uh, he got sent another deed deal um which happened to be through southwest for me to go to st louis for 35 dollars one way so at the end of the year i'm gonna go see my friend who lives in st louis and it was like 77 dollars to go see her so it just depends what the deal is i highly recommend it if you're someone who travels a lot or like you stuffers um cheap flights out in and out of orlando when you kind of have a little bit of flexibility of when you can go I would recommend it. I'm going to look into it. Not sponsored, by the way, but no, not sponsored. But like, again, 40 bucks for the whole year. It pays for itself if you're people who travel. And we're someone where like my husband goes to Colorado once a year. I go to Florida at least once a year, <laughs> which is probably just going to be once a year at this point. Um, and then we go on like one to two other trips a year. So for us, it, it definitely pays for itself. Okay. Solid. Continue. Good. Okay. So we're six hours into this flight. I wake up and I just 
do not feel good. I feel shaky. I I didn't eat at all on the flight because it's kind of like an overnight type thing. And I take a bite of like whatever breakfast sandwich they gave us. And I told Michael, I'm, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to puke. I feel horrible. I have this migraine. That's the worst one I've ever had in my life. And as someone who's had like thousands of migraines, it takes a lot for me to get to a point where I'm like, this is a 10 out of 10. This is horrible. I told Michael, I'm going to puke. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to, I'm going to vomit. So I go to the bathroom. I can barely walk because I'm so shaky. And then I have to wait because the bathroom's in use and there's someone in front of me. And I'm standing there. I can barely stand. And the door opens. And I tell the person in front of me, I'm like, I'm sorry, can I please go? I am going to vomit. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So I go and I like start dry heaving in the bathroom. I'm sorry, this is like very graphic. (laughs) (laughs) Swirler. I like keep it together and then I slowly walk back to my seat and I sit down and then I just like empty the little uh the, the bag that they give you just like empty everything I've got into this bag like so okay so you get to the bathroom you don't I drive even there and then, and then I come back to my back seat, to seat and just like let it go Oh, and no. of course, like whenever this happens and I get sick on airplanes, it doesn't happen often, but whenever it does, there's never a bag in my seat ever, ever. There's never, a, there's never a bag. I don't know like why. <laughs> so I just grab Michael's, let it all go. And then I'm like continuing to like dry heave. Oh my God. It's so gross for people who like don't like vomit. Michael goes to like the guy next to him across the aisle and he's like, yeah, my wife's puking. Can I have your bag? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. So like we, and and of course there's like a little bit of turbulence and I'm just like, I'm, I'm rough. And so, you know, the plane lands, I barely walk off the flight because again, can barely walk super shaky, just like weird, very weird experience. I don't think I've ever really felt anything like it. Uh, I feel like maybe it was a mixture of a migraine and motion sickness. Part of me thinks that sounds I terrible. Have, part of me thinks I might have had norovirus because uh, of intestinal stuff that happened the next day, which I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> um, but I get off the plane and I immediately lay down on the ground of like the gate area, which you know you have to feel pretty sick to be laying on the ground of the airport. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't give an F. I feel like crap. I cannot walk. And I'm laying there in the Portugal-Lisbon airport. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we have a flight to Manchester in two hours. You have a couple of choices here, Angela. You could either be stuck in Portugal, where you know a little bit of Portuguese, because I, I work and I'm friends with a lot of Brazilians. So I speak beginner's Portuguese, but not enough. No, no medical Portuguese. Um, I'm like, you can either be stuck in Portugal where you might have to go to a Portuguese hospital and figure shit out, or you can try to be well enough to get on the damn plane and get to Manchester where your best friend is there. She can get you where you need to go if you continue to get sicker. And, you know, there's there's English speaking speaker there. Um, so I knew I just needed to stop vomiting because as soon as I got off the plane, I vomited again. Um, I need to be able to walk. I need to be in a little less pain and I need to stop vomiting. 
And so I told Michael, I'm like, I, I need a medic. And then he's like, oh shit, like times are rough. Like she's serious because I, I normally am like, I can suck things up and like, you know, like whatever. Like, like when you me. get off a roller coaster and you're like, yo, I'm going to be sick, but you can like walk to like, right. the nearest, you know, situation and go do your business in the bathroom. Like, right. And like, yeah. I get motion sickness anyway. Like, you know, you know what to do. Like you have your Dramamine. I have those goofy motion sickness glasses that like are tick on TikTok. Like I can take care of my business, but I'm like, no, like things are serious. So Michael's like, okay, like got to get the medics. So he goes, he walks, he's gone for like 15 minutes. And at that point, I think I just kind of like shut down because of the pain or whatever. And then eventually he comes back and he's like, okay, someone's coming. Um, I'm not really sure how much time goes by, but eventually two Portuguese medics come and they're kind of walking slow, you know, like, all right, it should be a little dramatic and they're slowly getting their stuff together. And then I vomit again. And then they're like, okay, so maybe we should, maybe she's actually sick. Um, they were wonderful. Uh, the man got chronic migraines as well. So he understood exactly what I was going through and um, he was super kind, gave me an ice pack to put on my head or my neck or wherever I needed because he knew that that does help with migraines. Uh, the woman was excellent. She, uh, I, I got an IV of Zofran, which helped with the nausea so I wouldn't throw up anymore. And then very minor pain med, which didn't help that much, but I could walk. So and, hold on, they're administering an IV while you're on the floor in an airport. <laughs> is that like, a thing that's normal in an like airport? It's so dramatic. <laughs> Here, let's well, see. I think it's very impressive, though. I mean, maybe all airports do this. I've never been involved in a medical thing, but like they're prepared. They were. They were amazing, and um, I I'm trying to speak what little. Portuguese I can just to like answer their questions and thank them and you know like I was so grateful that they were there and they were just like top-notch helpful and so nice and the woman saw my shirt I was wearing a Brazilian jiu-jitsu shirt and she's like ah jiu-jitsu like you do and um her son her eight-year-old son did jiu-jitsu as well and so I was asking him her about you know what belt he was and she um she took out her phone and showed me a picture. So then Michael took out his phone and showed her a picture of our kids because they had just gotten a stripe on their belt. So um, there's just that moment of humanity in a big moment of chaos for Michael and I. Um, you look so pale. I'm like, it's it's rough. Look at me. <laughs> I was <laughs> rough. It's so uh, funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's. I've had, I've definitely never had, like, my, I've had one terrible migraine. It was after I saw the Ringling Brothers Circus. Ooh. So I started getting the migraine when we were there, and then we got in the car to go get ice cream or something, and it was just really bad. And typically, when I have, like, a normal headache or if I have motion sickness or if I have some sort of, like, ooh, I just take a nap and, like, I'm better because usually right. sleeping it off helps. 
this is like a whole nother beast of a thing. So I can't even imagine like on your level of magnitude where it's like making you throw up while it's ma like, and you're on a plane <sighs> and it's just like, I can't, like that just, that just seems like a lot. I'm sorry. Uh, is that your puke bag right there? I there's don't my puke that. bag. There's my little IV that they taped to the wall. They're um, cute. I was trying to figure out what was happening. It's really cute. There's my I little mean, barf bag. That's a legit barf bag. I, I know. I felt, well, I'm not going to say I felt good. I felt like crap. But um, <laughs> but they, it helped you get to where you needed to go, right? Like this all happened within the two-hour layover? Or did you miss your second flight? Right. So we only had two hours and Michael was fully prepared to cancel our flights. But I'm like, I just, I just need to be able to walk and I can't be throwing up. So we, they finished up with us again. Like I know the woman's name was Vanessa. I never got the man's name. And I really regret that to this day because it was a really hard situation. People might be asking, why is your husband taking pictures of you? He was relaying this all to family back home. Mm -hmm. My dad's a doctor. So you know, he's sharing my stats. He's sharing my meds to my dad and my dad's kind of riding back. So it might be weird that he's sending a picture of me on the ground, but like, you know, it's, he's sending it to my family, my mom and yeah. dad. And my mom's like, she's not normally a, a freak, freak out. She's not someone who really freaks out. But like, once she saw me on the ground, she's like, ah, oh, okay. I'm kind of worried now. But, um, so I got on the plane and just slept the two hours as much as I could and this is a picture when we were about to land in um how long was the flight from port it was a two-hour flight or it was a two-hour layover it was a two-hour is two hour layover and then a two-hour flight from uh oh. Lisbon to Manchester this is me when Michael's like honey we're landing and I'm like yay just like I so checked die. out so checked out and then we had to wait like we we want we made it so that we had carry-ons for this like 10-day trip but because of the weight limit um we had to check our bags from uh Portugal to Manchester then we had to wait an hour for our bags it's just like a whole mess but um my friend was nice enough to pick us up from the airport she brought us to our hotel I slept probably 10 hours and then except for some tummy issues the next day I was fine it was the most bizarre thing ever it's always I, when you're catching a flight gonna sit in a yes. car for a long time like I wonder do you think that you were maybe anxious to fly too so it was kind of like a whole a whole wombo combo of things you know, because I, I get like anxiety traveling. So sometimes that like, you know, will either make me feel a little dizzy or nauseous or something to that effect. I don't know what it was. It's just something I've never really experienced before. Um, the last time I was that shaky, maybe I honestly think I had some vertigo. I do get vertigo with migraines very I don't know, maybe like every ninth migraine. So I think it was just like a cluster F of symptoms with maybe a little bit of GI bug in there, 24 hour thing. I don't think I'll ever really know, but Michael is a superstar. He, you know, got me the help I needed. He was awesome about, you know, taking 
my bags and like he rubbed my neck like half of the flight on the way to Manchester because he knew like that's where the migraine hurt the most. Um, yeah, he was he was great. And I know that he was scared too. So he was awesome. But made to Manchester and then our trip started the next day. So it was all good from there. So day one was kind of seeing uh, the sights of Manchester. We went on this really amazing walking tour. It was about three hours. You'd think, ugh, that's so boring, which is honestly what I thought it was going to be like, oh, you're going to like walk around for three hours. The host of the tour, the guide was great. He made a lot of jokes. He made it really interesting. Um, let's see if I could show you some photos of that. We got to see, it's called... Um, it's called, it's called, uh, let's see, there we go. It's called the Gay Village. And I just, they have this door that's a rainbow door. And I just thought it was so cute. And they talked about the history behind that. They talked about, oh, there's me. Oh, okay. I have to talk about the iced coffee situation there. I would be that person that goes into the history of England and like all that stuff. No, we have to talk that, uh, about the iced coffee situation. Um, iced coffee is becoming a trend there, but it is not the norm. Everybody is hot coffee and um, like takeaway and like drive-throughs aren't really a thing. So uh, every time I got iced coffee, I looked like the biggest basic bitch ever. I go and I'd be like, hi, can I have an iced vanilla latte with oat milk? And they'd look at me like, it's cold. Like, why are you getting iced coffee? And they all, I always got a weird look. I always got kind of a pause before they entered it into their little computer. Um, so if you go there, just know that they're going to look at you a little weird if you get iced coffee. I do get iced coffee. That is my preferred. And I also like, you know, need a bunch of crap in it to make it taste good. Uh, it's just me. I will say, um, coffee in England is superior to U.S. coffee. It just is. It's just better. Never had it. Wouldn't know. Just better. Um, Obviously, their cider, their hard cider is superior. I am now a cider snob. Um, But now I am a coffee snob. I had, I lived the high life in both areas for 10 days. And now, like... I drink my cold brew that I make every week and I just pour it into my cup and I'm like, you're trash. I'm just drinking you for like, you know, the liquid plasma you give me. You, to you didn't bring away. any back? You can't, you couldn't have brought any back? My friend volunteered to send me some. And? But I still need to get like a good like drip, drip espresso machine. I have so. like the pod one, but no, like it's garbage in comparison. I am now like, turn my nose at all of their coffee and am I proud of this no I'm not I am now high maintenance as if I wasn't before (laughs) but like I try a cider here and I'm like ew David it's not good enough this is trash cider I have just now been spoiled their coffee's better and it's like every single every single gas station every single coffee place it's just amazing very unfortunate okay I digress I'm on coffee now but that's fine I know I'm drinking my trash cold brew right now that I'm like you I'm drinking water hydrate good I need to drink more water I'm so dehydrated 
Um, oh, I don't know if I want to tell this story. It's embarrassing. It's a good one though. I mean, we don't judge here. It happened towards the end world. of the. It happened towards the end of the trip, so I'll tell you towards the end. Okay. Michael, Michael got to go rock climbing in this like four hundred. It's probably older. Four hundred year old cathedral, which was super fun. I'll show you a quick picture. You can that. rock climb in a cathedral. It's very cool. Uh, it looks like this. That. Oh, that looks lit. Isn't that so cool? Oh, cute. He even has the cute little shoes that go with it. I know. He's a little cutie pie. I really like that window behind. I Well, it's a cathedral window. It's I, super it's pretty. cool. It that's is. A, that's cool. And then we, we uh, the next day, we, we went to Mamtor, which is like in Derbyshire and climbed a little mountain, which, um, you don't know. Don't know what any of that means. If so, you, yes. If you know me, obviously, I love doing outdoor things. So you can tell <laughs> how happy I am to be to be doing that. But it was Michael seems thrilled. You're like, please, why am I doing this physical Michael, activity? Who oh, is she? It's so like his thing. He loves it. And it was Jackson like, would love it too. Oh, it's such beautiful scenery. That's why I want to go to Ireland so bad. Oh, it's gorgeous. The scenery is just stunning. Like beautiful views. Beautiful. I mean, the weather's like even when it's cold at the top, it's still gorgeous so worth it and it really wasn't a hard hike at all I just you know like dramatic I'm just dramatic um and then from there we drove to, drove to Cambridge and originally we're like okay like you know we'll go to Cambridge but like it wasn't something that we we're most excited about and it ended up being our favorite part of the trip it's so beautiful there we did something called punting which is it's it looks a lot like a gondola ride Okay. And we, uh, you did a tour on their little, I don't know, what is it, a pond or whatever. So you have a guide uh, take you on this punting ride and they show you, I think, seven or eight of the 30, 32 colleges that make up Cambridge University. And colleges was, that make up, okay, see the whole technicalities of it all? It just yeah, gives me a I didn't really get that either. There's like 30 or 32 colleges that make up Cambridge University. And in order to get into Cambridge, you apply to one of the colleges. Okay. So like at my yeah. college, it's like college of medicine, college of whatever, college of community, whatever it may be, college of business type of thing. So that makes up the university as a whole. Kind of. But in this case, it's like Trinity College, King's oh. College, St. John's College. Never like mind. That that's, not, that's not it's, the same thing. Yeah. It's it's like us. It's like its own college. Um, Ugh, my brain I think Prince or King Charles went there. I think, I think he did. Oh my gosh. If I tell the story wrong, you know what? I'm looking it up. Anyway, what I think the, uh, the guy told us is that King Charles went there and um, his bodyguard or something decided to sit in on the classes with him. And he ended up studying to take the final exams with him because he's like, well, I'm there anyway, sitting in on all the classes. And I think he ended up getting better marks than the king, <laughs> which is like savage. I love it. We, uh, love, we love a scholar. Yeah, we love a smart person. So uh, 
so yeah, Cambridge absolutely loved, would live there in a heartbeat. And then we get to the exciting part, which I know Steffer has been waiting for, which is the WB, um, the Warner Brothers studio tour in London, which is the Harry Potter um, film tour. And uh, I have, I have like a thousand pictures. I will not make you look at all of them, but I will show you a few. So I have been wanting to do this WB tour for years, probably since like, oh, I feel like 2015. Is that when it opened? I don't know. It's forever. I've wanted to do this. It is outside of London in this random town. So it's not, it's not in the heart of London. Like it truly looks like it's in a village. Um, it's two entire like sound lots. So it's huge. I, unless you kind of know how big like a lot is, um, it's hard to understand just how big it is, but they, hang on, I'm turning on my space computer because I'm freezing. It snowed in Minnesota yesterday. So not that gross. Anyway, they say, you know, estimate three hours of time for this tour because it's a tour of film sets pieces uh costumes animatronics like all things that were used in the films because they had to custom make all these things for the films that were never used again down to you know a bookmark a letter a piece of parchment everything had to be customized for the films so they used all these things um right when you walk in and see the building the chess pieces from the first movie are sitting out there that they rode. I'm going to show Steffers because she'll get a kick out of that. Um, it's just like right in front of the building. Steffers, talk. Can I hear you? Yeah. Okay. Here. I'm just you were just listening. Oh my gosh. You, you were so quiet. I thought you had like muted yourself. You know. Oh my gosh. And those are the originals from like the OG from the movie. Um. I, replicas. I don't know why they'd have it outside, but I mean, uh, me neither, but everything else seemed to be original. Um, you got to go inside the Dursley's house and you got to see Harry's bedroom. Um, that's really small. under the staircase. It's so small. You got to see, um, are those his shoes? Yeah, those are his shoes are huge. Yeah, well, he's a big boy. Yeah, his shoes are so much bigger. Uh, you got to, so you got to go walk through part of their house. You got to see like the array of the uh, envelopes and letters flying around. Because we were there around fall time, we got to do like the Halloween version. So we got to walk through the Great Hall when it was all set up for um, Halloween. So you got to see the candy on all of the tables and like I I'm trying to explain this while I'm showing Steffers but yeah there's candy everywhere you know you get to see that big picture where they had the pumpkin juice that's a in. big cake yeah they have they it's just it's just candy galore cauldrons filled with candy um they show you special outfits of like the villains and the death eaters come around every 15 minutes or so which was such a weird I don't know. It's just such a weird part of the tour because the Death Eaters aren't really threatening as far as they're doing like ballet 
it was just a very weird part of the sewer. I don't know. I wasn't super into it. Um, so yeah, you get to see that, uh, the mirror era said, you get to see how, um, you know, the boys, the dormitory, you get to see how their props change throughout the years, starting when they were younger, what their rooms looked like and how, as they grew older, you know, they put different posters up and their props changed. You get to go into the Hogwarts Express, which if you've done the one at Universal, doesn't seem super impressive, but each kind of car, it starts from the first movie and you see props that were in the car during the first movie. Then you see the second, then you see the third where you see like Lupin's suitcase and like a bar of chocolate. Then the fourth, and you see like how when they're in the Hogwarts Express during each film, what props were in the car during that scene on the Hogwarts Express. But uh, you don't you get that. Like the one at Universal is, is nice. I mean, you don't have the OG Hermione, but that's a story for another time. But I mean, seeing seeing the props, I think, is more impactful. So I've done the Warner Brother Warner Warner Brothers tour in California, so they have like a a Harry Potter section, but mm -hmm. it's not it's not as authentic. And I really want to see like the authentic stuff because well, this seems is, like more in depth too. This is all there is. Like you get to see a safe um, from Gringotts. And you get mm -hmm. to see, you know how like the inside of the safe, it like opens all of the gears and stuff. You see yes. those gears open. You see that big vault door from the Chamber of Secrets with the snakes on it. You see that. We got to go into the Forbidden Forest. Um, there's a video on Forbidden my Instagram. Forbidden Forest? Yeah, there's a video of me um, on my Instagram bowing to Buckbeak. Aww, and yeah. uh, you see Aragog. Oh. Aragog appears in the Forbidden Forest and then his little children kind of hang down. It's very creepy. I was telling Michael as I'm going through the tour, I'm like, you know, I'm sad that this is all a memory now. Like I see one thing and then it's a memory because there's no way you can accurately explain this to people. No, you know, like you just have to be there. Experience I'm, it. I'm showing people pictures of this. But until you're there, it's just a picture. And like, it's just, you know, now it's just a memory. And normally I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good memory. But like, it was making me sad in the moment because it was such a cool experience. You know, I got to pick up a baby mandrake, you know, un unpotted. That was so cool. Um, there are, how it's different from Universal, because I do think that in a lot of ways, Universal's better and more immersive. But the photo experiences here are so much better you get to ride a broom um you get to say up and the broom rises you get to take a picture of you trying to get the cup in the vault from the seventh book uh there's just way more photo experiences you can take a house in front of the dursley's or take a picture in front of the dursley's house in front of the weasley's house there's just so the weasley's much house i think would be really cool for me to see so when i started my harry potter journey i definitely mm -hmm. was like a weasley i mean i still am a like really big weasley fan um as i've gotten like older i like my favorite character is like Sirius black now and that's like a whole nother conversation that we can have at another time um so i just think seeing that would be really cool i also like jackson's not a huge like museum 
like studio person um and he's not a big harry potter fan at all but i think the impact that harry potter has on like a lot of people's lives like i just think that this is just an experience that if you can do it you should do it and i want to do it one day hopefully hopefully soon and i think i think the hard thing is <clears throat> you know i'm a little bit older than you but like when the movies came out i was the age of going to hogwarts i was about 11 or 12 when the movies came out um, but I had been reading the books a few years before that. So I truly, like, this was truly my childhood. And so when it has such like a core building memory for you, um, and then you hear all of like the terrible comments that the author has made, it really guts you because I don't agree with the comments that she's made at all. And then it's just like, such a foundation of your childhood these stories that you know it's just like a very moral dilemma because you you know I, I I did this to her and you know I potentially gave money to this person and that's that's a very devastating thought but um you know so like where does the I don't even know if I want to say but um it just presents like a, a very moral dilemma and it's something that I haven't really figured out how to handle. And I, I remember, Steffers, you wrote something in one of your Instagram stories about how you felt about it. And I don't know if you remembered what that was or or if you could reshare that, how you kind of felt about all of it and how you move forward. But if you remember... Um, um, it was something to the effect of, like, it's... It's... Like, it's more than just her... It, it there's something about like how i'm gonna look for the story so that we can all like hear the quote but it, i think uh, yeah it's kind of just taken off on like a world of its own yeah it's its own like we've we the fans have created this love for this franchise mm -hmm. that is separate it's just separate it's just not yeah, it doesn't really feel like it has anything to do with her anymore. And that's kind of one of the things that the, um, whatever the cast members or like whatever the employees said is like, this WB tour was only put together because of the fans. The book only okay. took off because of the fans, because they felt such a connection to it. And that is so true when you think about like, the midnight drops of the books and how many people got in line and how many people pre-ordered and kind of believed in you know the the stories and you know the meaning behind it but I don't yeah. know like I I, I, mean, I open that up tough. to your listeners it is yeah it's one of those things where you don't you tread carefully because you don't how do I say this? It's it's a fine line mm -hmm. because obviously like she created it, you know, like how else how else are you supposed to feel? Like Yeah, it wouldn't be there if she didn't create it. Exactly. But then now that she's created it, I feel like how you tell me like when I create my content, it's my own perspective, it's my own voice. I think it's the same concept as as that it's like she created this but then now as fans we 
put our own perspective, our own, like, um, we feel for it in a different way. Yeah. She just kind of gave us the basis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to hear what your listeners have to say. Definitely is something that I grapple with. Again, like, it's such a huge part of my childhood. I'm pretty sure at one point I thought I was a wizard or a witch for like four years, but I mean, um, I probably still am. But um, I will move on. Uh, the next day it was a lot of London stuff. We went to Harrods. We walked past, you know, um, Royal Albert Hall and Kensington Palace. We went to Notting Hill, which has been a bucket list thing for me because, you know, like the film Notting Hill. Had to go in the. Oh, Steffers, you're missing. You're missing out. Sorry. Had to go in the bookshop, and I took a picture in front of it for my mom. We went to a uh, a football game. Uh, we went to see uh, England versus Germany. This was my first soccer game ever. Um, I I was not prepared. Let's just put it that way. I was not prepared for how intense it would be. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. So when we were waiting in line with our tickets and I saw security escorting the German fans to their seats, I was like, oh, what? shit. But like, <laughs> I, you know, like the, uh, the animosity towards the fans, you know, depending on, you know, it's like Green Bay versus Vikings and, and stuff like that. Like, they go hard. <laughs> So yeah, we were we were there and like security and police were escorting the German fans to their seats and then kind of surrounded them during the game in case it got too intense. Too rowdy. Uh, yeah, too rowdy. It was a fantastic game. Oh my gosh. It was I think in the second half, like six goals were scored. It ended up being three three. Um I felt extremely safe considering there are 80,000 people there because you know in the UK. Uh, there's no guns around, which, you know, not trying to get political. I'm not, it's just, I'm sharing my opinion only. I felt very safe for that reason. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the night. Oh, and we got to see Big Ben, which um, I guess it had been under construction. So yeah, we finished the next day by going to Covent Gardens. And then we saw the Sherlock Holmes tour. If you are a Sherlock oh, fan. Oh, how's that? It was so cute. It was not big at all. It was just oh, okay. like a little like, I guess it was like a three or four level flat, but very like, I guess, skinny, like compact, but many floors. Um, if you are a Sherlock fan, I definitely recommend it. I now know that I need to watch the BBC version. Um, it definitely got me interested in that. Uh, I was that moron that was like, is this based off of real people? Like, I had no clue. I had oh, no clue. No. I just like, <laughs> if I don't care, I don't research it. <laughs> like, when it comes to I mean, that's fandom, <laughs> I just had no idea. And like, the thing is, is they're like, this is the Sherlock Holmes Museum. This is his apartment. So I'm like, oh, well, you got me convinced. Maybe this is real then. So I was a little bit of like an airhead there. I mean, that happens you know, to the best of us, though. It was a real address. Like, I just, I was kind of convinced. I'm like, well, maybe this is real. No, I was a moron. You um, mean this wasn't real? Well, why would they have an apartment for something that's fictional? Like, I had no idea. And they gave us a tour. This is like, this is where Sherlock Holmes slept 
this is where he watched the sun set on you. And depending on how you took your tea, he knew what you were thinking. I'm like, oh gosh, this guy was a great detective. I didn't know. You know, you live and learn. I know now, right? Yeah, Um, something yeah. like that. Uh, and then we ended that night by, uh, I got to go do jujitsu at a, um, a Somehow gym. Somehow you find a way. I, I did. I had, well, come on. I had to do jujitsu in London. Like, you do it in a in a different country. That's like badass. Is that I was gonna say, is that a thing that people do? Because I don't know. I I got to work with um Professor Pedro and um this is at the GFT team in London and it was he's an outstanding professor. I was very lucky to train there. Um I had a broken rib, so I could not uh when did like, you break your rib? These are just things I don't talk about. Yeah, I, I was gonna like <laughs> I'm just so confused, like most people, hey, I broke a rib. Are you okay? But no, no I it's get like jujitsu stuff. I, I've had broken rib for like two months. I'm pretty sure I cracked the other side. Um, I couldn't do any like uh, live matches, but I did get to do the training. So that was very neat. Um, he's he's great. I really hope he comes to Minnesota at some point. And then I need to go to Minnesota at some point in my life. Don't come now. It's cold. I like um, the cold. Let me tell you though, the next day, we went back to Manchester because okay. we had to catch a flight. And then the day after is when things started getting a spicy. little iffy again. A little oh, spicy. A no. little spicy. Um, Wait, with your health? What are we talking about? With my health. Ooh, oh, no. But I did tell you, I, I would tell you I would share my embarrassing story. Yes, I would like to know your embarrassing story. Um, So we are waiting to get on the train to Manchester. Mm-hmm. And we stop. I like we have like an hour. We stop and get coffee and sit at a coffee shop and use the Wi-Fi. And um, I'm like, well, we all know what coffee does to your bowels, right? Correct. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom in this coffee shop. And um, the thing about the UK is like, oh no, uh, they don't have paper towels. They just do like the air dryers. Oh no, that's uh, not. Sanitary. The other thing is about you should know about me is um I don't ever check to see if there's toilet paper before I go. Oh, I just like no. I just like trust the process. I just trust that there's going to be Curse toilet paper sick. there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like yellow, you know. Like, why wouldn't they have toilet paper there, right? I mean, because people have used it, honey. That's well, that's how you know. Just like, why wouldn't it be there, right? Mm-hmm. So. Okay. You know, I do my thing and I, I go to get the toilet paper. I'm like, oh, huh. well, this is an issue. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, paper towels it is. I look, oh, that's right. They only have the hand dryers. I'm sorry. This isn't funny, but it's kind of funny. I look at my Disney princess socks. I'm like, there is no way. <laughs> there is no way Cinderella is taking that beating no way cool. so I text Michael <laughs> and I wrote I have a problem <laughs> there is no toilet paper <laughs> I need help Michael to the rescue yet again he wrote it's just always something isn't it <laughs> and I wrote he's not wrong I wrote this is not the time <laughs> <laughs> He says, can't you use paper towels? I said, there aren't any. Can you please help me? (laughs) He's like, what am I supposed to do? I said, ask them for toilet paper 
or I guess I'm washing my ass in the sink. <laughs> so poor Michael, we're like <laughs> across the street from like Charing Cross Station. Like we're in like right by Trafalgar Square. We're in like a really fancy part of London. And poor Michael has to go in front of the entire coffee shop and be like, do you have any toilet paper? My wife needs some. From there, he has to walk across the coffee shop to go into the bathroom and bring it to me. The man did not talk to me for like 20 minutes afterwards. He's like, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> you know, this could happen to anyone, but it just always happens to you. Okay, it? but I will say at least you would have needed toilet paper anyway. You know, if I peed, I could have like done a little shake shake dance. You could have, but I'm just saying like people didn't think you needed it because you took a shit. Like people just, you know, you just needed it. You know, true, true. <laughs> like it could have been worse. Like if he needed toilet paper, I'm it like, would have been, you know. Not only am I this basic bitch that needs her iced coffee while everyone else, everyone else is ordering hot. It's like British people, like they talk so politely. They... They just follow directions and like rules better. They say things like, you're right, you're okay. And then like, we're like the dumb Americans asking for toilet paper. Like, Jesus Okay, Christ. hear me out. Maybe there need there are like to-go toilet paper or wipes or butt wipes or something. I think we need to start investing in putting those in our purse. I. Uh-huh. Where am I wrong? You could be right. You could be I was right. Say, like, where am I wrong? Uh, let me just I... tell you, Steffers, even if uh -huh. I did have one of those, it was definitely like a more than one wiper. But it would have been better if you it at least had one. It would have been better than nothing. This is true. <laughs> um, so yeah, he wasn't talking to me. He's like, you know, it could happen to anyone else, but it always happens to you. <laughs> and that was my ultimate foreshadowing moment because oh, the no. next day, uh, you know that day like before we we flew out I'm like you know I don't feel great but mm -hmm. we have been going hard this entire trip mm -hmm. we are exhausted we're doing a whole lot like being tired is super normal mm -hmm. but that night I'm like you know I'm just like kind of cold and not really feeling good I'm really tired but like again I'm high maintenance and it's just like I just have like a lot of issues um but I just kind of know I was really tired. And so we get up and we get to the airport. And I just tell Michael, and I'm like, I just like, don't feel good. I'm really cold. And we're in the airport and I have my, my winter hat on. I have my winter gloves on. I have my coat, and my sweatshirt on. And I'm like sitting there looking like, you know, like I'm ready for winter and everyone else is in a sweater or whatever. And um, I'm like, I think I'm getting sick. And he's like, no, no, you're just, you know, you're probably fine. You're just probably being a little paranoid. I'm like, no, I really think I'm getting sick. And um, then my hands started aching. Like I started having joint pain in my hands. And I'm thinking, I got to take a COVID test. I'm like, why would that matter? Well, when I got my second COVID shot, that was a symptom I had, uh, was joint pain in my hands. It's the only time I've ever had joint pain in my hands is when I got my second COVID shot. So I started having that. I'm like, I have to take a COVID test right now. And um, Michael's like, okay. Um, we and had brought... You... Oh, so, I was going to say, so how did you get... A, a, we had brought masks. And B, we had brought COVID tests with us. Because... Okay. Um, and we had also gotten our second booster or our fourth shot like two weeks before we left. Um, 
because, you know, we want to err on the side of caution, protecting ourselves, protecting everyone else. Uh, so I go into this bathroom in the Manchester airport. We're supposed to leave in like 30 minutes and take out the first test, sitting on the toilet and drop the first test on the floor. I'm like, okay, I'm like, got one more shot. Uh, so I took the second test. I have never seen a test turn positive faster in my entire life. Not even when I was pregnant, like this bitch turned like bright positive. I'm like, no, no. Uh, up until this point, like I have not gotten COVID. Michael's not gotten COVID. My daughter hasn't, you know, knock on wood. My son, my son did get it last year. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I am not feeling good. Um, I don't know how sick I'm going to get. And it now becomes this moral dilemma. I have been a very fierce advocate for COVID safety, you know, being at home. We did distance learning with our kids for a year and a half. Um, we have been very, very COVID cautious and safe. Um, so then we just had to make a decision, you know, it's like, okay, we don't know how sick I'm going to get. Um, do we want to be stuck in another country? What do we want to do? So immediately we had masks on anyway, but we wanted to be extra cautious. So Michael immediately went and bought the um, N95s. So we're both wearing the N95s and we made the decision to go to Portugal because again, we had that 30 hour layover. So we're like, okay, well, we can figure out what to do then. Um, and I was sleeping so much. Every flight I slept, every layover I slept, we get to Portugal and um, I bought a thermometer and my temp keeps getting higher and higher. And again, I don't know what it is about Portugal, but I just do not do well there, there at all. So, um, and I am like, I have to be honest, I'm really, I'm kind of uncomfortable talking about this because um, I take my responsibility for keeping other people safe very seriously. Like, you know, I get the flu shot. Like I said, I got four COVID shots. Um, I test very frequently when I feel like I need to, I test my family very frequently. So, um, I still question whether I made the right choice. Um, people are telling me like, ultimately it is up to the discretion of the person as to whether they want to wear their mask on the flight or not. So right now, like with COVID technically being over, it just comes, you know, it's a personal choice of if you want to mask up in public situations on the plane at the airport, you know what I mean? Um, but I still feel very uncomfortable with it because of, you know, my stance, you know what I mean? Uh, but I was getting sicker and my temp was well over 102. So it kind of became a medical, I don't want to say emergency. Cause like, you know what I mean? Um, kind of became a medical health thing. So we made the decision to change our flights to get to the States as soon as possible. Once we were in Portugal, instead of a 30 hour layover, we're like, we just need to get back to the States now again, cause we don't know how sick I'm going to get. And, um, I was not doing well pretty quickly. So I just wanted, like, I still feel the guilt in me still wants to know, like we had our N95s on the whole time. I was social distancing. Um, but we got a flight to Newark. And God, I think we paid like well over two grand to get us all. Oh, we're still, we're going to have to, we, we got a trip insurance, but yeah, oof, 
it's still kind of gutted us to have to pay that much out of pocket. But um, we got to Newark, stayed overnight, and then flew home the day after that. And it ended up being a good thing because I did get uh, like a secondary infection from COVID um, that I needed treated with antibiotics. So I was kind of out the next week. And um, I'd still say it was kind of a mild case of COVID when you look at how sick everyone else got. Um, I'm good now. I got like, I still get kind of COVID fatigue and got a little bit of a cough, but I was very, very lucky. I'm very grateful for science and being vaccinated, but well, yeah, you know. So this is my thing, just going back to your guilt, um, because I feel like a lot of people potentially have been put in this situation or could be put in this situation, especially with things like being, you know, like to your discretion, as you said. If you hadn't brought those tests, you wouldn't have even known until you got home. It's true. And I could have given it to like a whole flight of people. Um, but also someone yeah. could have given it like, you know what I'm saying? Like it could have been yeah. the shoe on the other foot. I think there's a level of understanding that there is like the inherent risk or, you know, whatever. And you take the precautions if you want to take them and do whatever you need to do to protect yourself. I think there has to be a point where... Jackson and I were talking about this, but not about not about COVID, but just about mm-hmm. life in general. But there there has to be a point in in your life or in time right now where you can't. This is a pot calling the kettle, but you can't be afraid to live your life, right? Due to the inherent risk, I will say, from my perspective, being sick and not being home or in a in a place where I like somewhere I know would scare the absolute shit out of me. I'm not going to say I'm a hypochondriac, but I'm very much like I worry about any little thing that like ails me and especially being in like a different place that would give mm-hmm. me such high anxiety that I probably would have done the exact same thing you did. So it's one of yeah. those things where it's like I get that you feel bad and I'm not saying I'm not, you know, invalidating your feelings. I just think not that sure. also it could have easily happened to somebody else. And I'm pretty sure like anyone listening to this, you don't have to go like across the, you know, to a different country. But even if like you're on vacation in Orlando, like unless you have people there that can help and can take care of you, <laughs> like I don't like feeling sick in any other place other than my home. Because then I get a whole, I I spiral. So I do this thing, like, if I'm on a solo trip and I start to feel sick, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not with Jackson. Like, like I'm worried about Gimli. Like, there's, like, Mm -hmm. a whole mess of things that goes on in my head. Like, I don't think you really had, financially and, like, logically, I don't think you, you have, you had a very, like, a lot of choices, you know? Because, like you said, you already spent another two grand so you stay you have mm-hmm. to put out money for however long it was that you you know you're still sick honestly we probably would have spent the same amount anyway to stay longer so um but then you wouldn't have gotten point. the antibiotics mm-hmm. because your doctor's here like i don't know how the healthcare system i don't know how any of that works yeah i guess i don't either and then in you're in portugal so then it's like okay so now there's a language barrier potentially and then you don't know like there's just a lot of that's a lot of anxiety inducing unknowns there for me um so and i i I, I will say that is a pickle 
I think had the circumstances been different, had this been a year ago and COVID was very much a pandemic still, I think I would have made different choices. You know, I would have yeah, probably I just, stayed. I think, I think the rules would have been different anyway, because rules you used to have to different. test to, mm-hmm. to leave. So, you know what I mean? Like there, there are things that are no longer a thing that mm-hmm. you have to, like, I don't carry, I don't carry tests every time I travel. So it's like, if you hadn't, you wouldn't have known. You could have Mm -hmm. said, oh, it's a flu or, oh, it's a cold. Yeah. And and then it's like, not, not to, you know, feel one way or the other about this, but I'm just like, there, there is a level of, you wouldn't have known if you hadn't had a test. And I think that that, that honestly plays a decent part in this because not everyone carries a test with them. Like not everyone would know. It's a very interesting dilemma because it, it kind of opens up the conversation of like, it, this was, this is what was going on in my mind. I'm like, it feels like I'm saving myself and risking the rest of the the plane, you know, like it felt I mean, really selfish fair. in the moment, but I also knew that I was doing what I could to keep everyone safe. I, I got the N95s, which are very effective. Um, social distancing when I could and I was only sitting by Michael like and he had a mask on as well and as it was he didn't ever get it so um and then once we got back um my parents brought my kids to their house so I was not around them until I was on like day five and then by then I was okay to yeah so that's what I'm saying I think I think that you're like your feelings are valid in terms of like the whole situation but I also don't think you really had much of a choice I you know I I just think there's a lot of anxieties and things like that that also play part in. and let also you would have had to been away from your kids for that long in another country yeah. like that like pa- being a parent honestly just adds a whole nother layer that I cannot comprehend because I am not a parent I'm a dog parent and yeah but you still share a love for your dog you know and yeah you have the anxiety of worrying about who's going to take care of him if you have to care yeah like there's still responsibilities that are similar so that's I think that that's you know overall it sounds like you got the trip you wanted out of it there were many hiccups but I mean there well there were the end in the beginning there were hiccups at the end of the beginning. It was bookmarked, uh, book ended by crap travel, but it was truly a trip of a lifetime. Um, I tried to condense it as much as I could because I know uh, I'm not the greatest storyteller. <laughs> I hope I provided enough pictures. And um, my takeaway is if you're going to go abroad, you know, be open to those experiences that maybe you didn't consider before. Like Cambridge wasn't part of our plan. It ended up being my favorite part. Um, I'd never been to a football game. That was amazing. It was just, yeah, every, every little tidbit was good and had its own purpose. And at one point I'm like, Michael, I want to move here. I want to move here. And we're trying to figure out how we could do it. Uh, I don't think it's going to work, but you know, <laughs> we can dream. You can dream. And I think that that's important to just having those moments where like, not that going to a theme park is bad by any means and doesn't fulfill some sort of itch that you're trying to scratch there's something special and I really can't I can only view it as someone who wants to travel abroad but Mm -hmm. there's just something special about visiting places that 
are just so different than what you're used to or so culturally like there's just so much there so much value so so many things you can learn and i'm the type of person that like i'm not necessarily trying to like learn like i'm not trying to walk through 10,000 museums but i want to visit those historical sites i want to visit you know just you know the great wide somewhere you know what i'm saying like there's just so much that like yeah i have mountains here and you can see the leaves change there's just something different about the the vast there's just so much that you can see abroad definitely that i just don't get exposure <clears throat> to it created a uh i i agree with you it, it gave me a contentment for you know like with any trip you know you go you're not ready to come home and then by the time you're done you're like okay i'm ready to face the world i'm ready to get back to real life but it also creates this feeling of contentment and discontent discontent where you're like well i want to see more of the world and contentment where you're like like wow I really got to experience the beauty of another place and you know you you understand yourself more and what you like and what you don't like and um yeah you change as a person you know I I it sounds so cliche oh I'm like that person now but yeah I do feel like I changed as a person and big trips like this that are life-changing you know it just feels like it kind of changes your priorities you know I I That's so I watched I watched this clip on Instagram. It's a shocker, it's on social media, but I watched this clip and it essentially was just like a grounding moment where you know say someone like some celestial being whatever it is, god, whatever whatever you're into, um asks you if you want to spend a limited amount of time on earth. But during that time, you're able to feel all the emotions, you know, euphoria, sadness, anger, like all, all the things. Would you do it? And I think that that's, you have to look at life that way. You have such a limited amount of time here that like, yes, the, the pain or anger or whatever, you know, negative feeling you could feel might feel painful in that moment. But it will open you up to so much more of the positive emotions that life has to offer. And I think that's the same thing about taking a trip. Like you don't, you got shit going on in your day to day, but taking a trip out of your comfort zone or something you haven't done before really can impact. I mean, you said that like it changed you. I, I expect it to because you're seeing something that you don't see in your day to day. Like you experience these things that aren't readily available to you as a person so it helps put things into perspective of like this is a world a whole new world that I'm just not accustomed to and I think that that's such a beautiful thing because I really I really enjoy stuff like that like I I just really find some deep meaning behind that which sounds also cliche but you know well no it goes along with what you're saying you know if you had a choice to unlimited amount of time but you feel all these feelings uh when you go someplace new or that you haven't you know experienced um I feel like you also feel all those feelings like yeah at, at one point I was feeling mad because 
again, I'm not trying to get political people. Um, you know, their their gun control is so locked down. It's so safe. And I got mad thinking about being sad and afraid every time I have to send my kids to school because I don't know if there's going to be a shooting. Um, this is just my opinion. People like don't hate on stuffers. I don't care if you go after me, like whatever. Um, but it makes, it made me mad and it made me sad because there's just, it's such a difference. It's such a stark difference. But then I also had periods of joy and like complete carefree elation and that's what it's all about. You know, I know your demographic is theme parks and I am totally there with you, but, um, and I'm a Pisces and I love my cozy, safe fantasy land. It's why I go to the theme parks because I like being in a fantasy world where everything is safe and clean and perfect. But once you have a trip like this, you realize like, oh wow, sometimes not staying in the box is a good thing and it opens your eyes. And, um, I feel like I'm just getting redundant at this point, but I, I do encourage you, even if it means just going, you know, Disneyland Paris or Tokyo Disney, uh, to inch your feet a little farther away out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And as someone with severe anxiety, it is damn near impossible for me to do that. But I did, um, with my 20 of Prozac and a bottle of Ativan and I had the time of my life. So yeah, give it a try. Got to find your, got to find your middle ground. I will say even, you know, a lot of people, including myself, can't afford to go abroad all the time, but check, check that cheap, cheap tickets, whoever's Scott, sure. Scott's oh, cheap gosh. tickets. Oh gosh, it doesn't have to be abroad. It could be. No, literally just go yeah. to a different state that you've never been to. There For are so sure. many beautiful places that I see like online that I'm just like, one day I'd love to go there. Stuff have I gone there? Absolutely We got to go. But... We got to go to like, we need a girl's trip. We have to go to the Halloween town celebration. Oh, that'd be cute. I would really yeah. like to do that. And like, Jack, or, that's something that Jackson wouldn't want to do. So, or do like the Hocus Pocus tour. Mm, I'd rather do Halloween town. I'm not a huge right. Hocus Pocus. I did not know that about you. Okay. But I'm not a huge we'll do Hocus the Halloween. I mean, I saw, I've seen the movies like for one and two. I just, I don't get it. We'll do the Halloween Town tour because like big names are are starting to appear there. It's becoming like a con type thing. Yeah, we love it. We love to see it. We'll do it. All right. Yeah. I feel like we can wrap it up now. Yes. We um, share wait, a story. I have one question. Go. Where are you at in your creative journey? Hmm. Good question. Um, I am thinking about starting a podcast with someone in my jujitsu world. I don't want to speak too much on it because it's in the very early stages very early um and it's something completely different that you would not expect from me at all at all uh so there's that um and then I am kind of in the midst of growing my own digital marketing strategy business and I have a very kind of specific uh demographic that I work with and so that's kind of become my thing. I'm still a substitute teacher, still a medical actor, but um, I would eventually. I'm doing a lot of things. Missing my theme park community. Miss my old life some days more than others. Kind of get that ache in my bones. Like, oh, yeah. like that was 
that was when I peaked. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't um, know about that, but it's, it's how I, some days that's how I feel. Um, Valid. But yeah, this is. Sounds like things are in the works for you. I'm going places. I'm proud yeah. of you. I'm proud of you and I appreciate you taking the time. I swear this is going to be one of the longest episodes. Like I'm not even going to edit much. I'm literally going <laughs> to slap some stuff on there, call it a day. I love so if it. you've made it this far into this journey of ours, thank you. I appreciate you. you. Uh, if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you know, thank you as well. Because this was originally an audio podcast and this video thing is just something I'm trying. So if you're interested, head on over to my YouTube. I'll leave that link in the description below. Angela, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, gosh. I'm on Twitter at Angela Dahlgren. Steffers will link it. And then mm-hmm. I am Angela underscore Dahlgren on Instagram, which I feel like I'm on a little more. Mm, a lot more. Yeah. I'm also not very much on Twitter, so I couldn't tell you really your activity levels, but I will definitely link those below. So make sure to check her out on all the things. If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to like this video and subscribe. And if you are interested in following me on the socials, if you're not already, Twitter is now It's Stuffers because we did a brand update a little bit. I'm so happy Um, about that. Thank you. I'm happy about it too. On TikTok and Instagram, Adventures with Stuffers is my handle. So go follow me there as well. I am almost to, I think, 2,200 followers on TikTok. Maybe by the Woo! time you hear this, I'll be at 2,200. So we'll see. Um, what other thing? Uh, Adventureswithstuffers.com. It's my one-stop shop. All the things. There's merch. You can request a quote if you want to take a trip. You can uh, listen to my podcast. You also can... Read my blog posts because that's mm-hmm. really mainly what it is, is reading my blog posts. Um, and I think that's it. I am streaming games, kind of doing both right now, Twitch and YouTube. I am making the transition to just YouTube. So that's also something to keep in mind while you're here or contemplating heading to my YouTube channel. Thank you again, Angela. We will talk again, hopefully next week. I do think I will have another episode for you next week that I'm recording soon. So that'll be really exciting. I hope you all have a great day, night, evening, weekend, and in honor of Angela Poop Session. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Love you, bye.